Well, today is a little bit different. Um, both this morning and this evening, um, we're going to be focusing in on issues concerning the persecuted church. Uh, if you're a little bit smaller and you think persecute's a difficult word, persecution is about the fact that all across our world, there are many people and often many children who can't just come to church just like we can. And we have a visiting speaker with us today, uh, Andy Worthington, who I'll introduce in a second. And he's here with a colleague, Helen. And they're today going to be helping us to think a bit about what it's like for people in other parts of the world um, to be Christians. Um, if you're a smaller children, put your hands up if you've ever played Simon Says. Any of you? Just be patient, because in a few minutes, Andy, he's going to play a game of Simon Says with you, okay? So just hang on patiently. But till then, Andy, come and join me. Just want to take this opportunity to welcome you. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, so, Andy, just tell us a little bit about your background, your family, um, where you're from, and, and what Open Doors is. Yeah, okay. So, um, I, I, as you said, I'm Andy. Um, I live in just south of Birmingham, and um, I've got three children, three girls, 14. I think there's a picture of them here. So, um, this is Ruby, she's 14. Uh, Lana is 11, and Karis, my youngest, is 8. And uh, my wife, Michelle. And this was on holiday this year in, um, I think, uh, last year, actually. We went to Italy. And uh, my, my eldest daughter, Ruby, here, I don't know if you can see, probably can't see her there, but she's in a wheelchair. She's got um, something called cerebral palsy, which means it's difficult for her to walk and stuff. But she's in mainstream school and doing exceptionally well. And when, we, when she was born, we were told that she would never be able to walk, she'd never be able to talk, she'd never be able to clothe herself. But actually, God's done some amazing things in her life, and she's able to do a lot of those things, which we're really grateful for. So um, I was a church leader for um, about 10 years, uh, in a church in Birmingham, and um, and then God called me to to come and work with Open Doors. In fact, my dad read me this book called God Smuggler when I was nine years old. We were on holiday down in Cornwall, and um, I love surfing. I don't know if anyone here enjoys surfing. Anyone? Yeah, a few of you. Well, um, I, we, I was going surfing every day, and every morning my dad would read another chapter of this book to me. And um, I didn't want him to stop, even though I was so desperate to go to the beach to go surfing. And it really challenged me because it was an, it's an amazing story. Uh, has anyone read God Smuggler here? Hmm. Quite a few of you. It's a story of Brother Andrew who started Open Doors that I work for and Helen works for um, uh, quite a few years ago. But um, it just tells his story of courage and how he was willing to take Bibles in parts of the world where you weren't allowed to go with Bibles. And I'm um, just amazing uh, man of courage. So it really, that really inspired me. Thank you, Juan. We're going to do a few more questions by way of interview, and then Andy's going to preach this morning. Tonight is an opportunity. Andy's going to come and basically tell us some stories, inspire us with uh, the courage of Christians across the world. Um, there's going to be a chance to pray together um, for the persecuted church. So do come back tonight so that you can benefit from Andy being here. But uh, you've mentioned Open Doors. Um, just tell us a bit more about um, who Open Doors are and what uh, your role is as you work with them. Yeah. Well, I've got a little video. If you want to, watch, if you're able to watch this video now, it just shows you a little bit about Open Doors, who we are, and what we do. Today, over 100 million Christians worldwide are harassed, oppressed or killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. Open Doors is positioned on the front lines, standing and strengthening persecuted Christians in countries like North Korea, where it is illegal to own a Bible or your family can be thrown in a prison camp for their beliefs. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. It's time to awaken to the reality of the persecuted church. 
1955, Brother Andrew, a newly committed Christian, began smuggling Bibles into Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain because he believed that everyone should have the freedom to know Jesus. He was given the scripture, Revelation 3.2, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. Since his first trip, Open Doors has expanded to work around the world in 60 countries providing Bibles and training for those who need it most. We train leaders in their homeland so they can be the light of the gospel in the darkest places. In 1981, we delivered one million Bibles to a secluded harbour in China and was described by Time magazine as one of the boldest missionary ventures of all time. In 1985, we delivered 5 million pieces of literature into Latin America where thousands of youth were stirred to share their faith in Christ. 1989, we sent 1 million New Testament Bibles into Russia and a seven-year prayer campaign for the Soviet Union finished. 1991 marked the start of a 10-year prayer campaign for the church in the Muslim world. A believer from Egypt praying for their nation said, we don't know how to pray for little things anymore because we know that we are praying to a big God. This is what drives our work. God works in unexpected places and we see that happening all around the world. Open Doors is working in over 60 countries. Every year we deliver over 2 million Bibles and Christian literature, serve over 200,000 Christians in need, train over 250,000 people and share the stories of the persecuted church. We are a part of the body of Christ, called to the persecuted church, people of prayer, seeking to live by faith, devoted to Jesus Christ and his call, motivated solely for the glory of God. Open doors. Together, we serve the persecuted church. Great. Well, Simon, um, Andy, just one last question before um, we play Simon Says, because I know okay. the children are itching to play. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm confident that as, as you share with us today, and God speaks to our hearts, he'll move us as a church to, um, with compassion to want to respond. Just tell us a little bit about, in, just in a snapshot, yeah. why does it matter to, why should it matter to us as a church, the fact that there are millions of Christians around the world being persecuted? And just tell us a bit about the resources you brought that may yeah, help us. Sure. It really matters because, you know, when you go out and visit them and see them and they discover that they've not been forgotten, I tell you what, it means the world to them. I remember just giving a Bible to someone who for 10 years had been praying and asking God for a Bible. It was the first time they had one. And just to see them, it was like I gave them a million pounds. And they just, they started to cry and weep. And I tell you, there's there's verses in the Bible that talk about the body of Christ. And when one part of the body suffers, every part suffers. And when one part rejoices, every part rejoices. And we're part of that body of Christ. There's there's not a, a free church and a persecuted church. There's one church. And we're all a part of that. And that's why we need each other. And that's why we need to support and pray for them. So, yeah, just to let you know about a few resources. I just said uh, this book, God Smuggler. I've got a few copies here. They're free for you today. If you'd like one, then um, please do take it. For the children, there's something called Secret Smuggler that tells that same story, but especially for children under 10. And um, for young people, there's... um, there's a comic version. I think adults like that too. So if you want to borrow it or take them, any of those, then then please, please do. Every year we launch something called the World Watch Guide, which shows the top 50 countries in the world where it's most dangerous to live as a Christian. North Korea has been number one for the last 18 years. And in North Korea, just to own a Bible is enough for someone to go to prison. 
And um, so we, we launched the World Watch List in Parliament. We did it again this year. We had around 100 MPs come. And um, this, is a, this will just tell you about the top five, t- sorry, top 10 countries on that World Watch List. And also there's a, a map in there just showing you the countries and where they're from. And uh, if you'd like to take one of those so you, to help you pray for those countries, then um, please do. We've also, um, when we went to Parliament, we gave the uh, MPs that came a report on how we get to the top 50 and some of the trends and things that we're currently seeing. And also I've got a few copies of that, so if you want to take one uh, and have a look and see what we gave to the MPs, then please, please do. Um, also, there's, um, we, we put out a magazine every, every other month. And if you're interested in receiving that, I know some of you here already do, but it just gives you up-to-date information of what's happening around the world. And I've got a few copies of the magazine here so you can see for yourself. But if you'd like to sign up to receive one every two months, then please do just to help you and inform you in, in your prayers. Finally, there's um, a little purple booklet here called the Secret Church Bible. And some of you, um, I know, came just said to me that they've had one of these um, and, and really enjoy it. It's basically for each day of the year, there's um, a, a little Bible verse, there's a, a reflection from the persecuted church and a prayer. And just to help you each day to remember and pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. And we're asking if you would, con- if you take one of these, if you'll contribute £10, because that £10 will smuggle a Bible out to a brother or sister in North Korea or somewhere else in the world. And uh, that's a really fantastic thing to do. So if you're able to do that, that would be um, amazing. Fantastic. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for uh, each and every one of the, the children and young people here. In, uh, uh, Lord, just thank you for their, um, the privilege that we, we have to come here and to, to hear from you and learn from you. And Lord, we pray for our, our brothers and sisters around the world who don't share that freedom. We pray for children, Lord, who would love to have the opportunity to be able to meet like this. And Lord, we pray that you'll bless them today. Lord, we ask that you would help them to, to know that they are not alone, that they're not been forgotten, that Lord, we're praying for them and we care for them as part of your family. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you'll speak to the children and young people today in their groups and you'll bless them and help them to know how much you love and care for them. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We'll do um, turn in your Bible now to um, the book of 2 Corinthians. The Bible is from 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, 1 to 12. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, We commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ.
But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Amen. Fantastic. I want to just say a little bit about North Korea. Uh, North Korea, as I said, has been on uh, number one on the world watch list for the last 18 years. And uh, in North Korea, as I said, to own a Bible is enough to put you in prison. And yet Christians are desperate for Bibles. They'll memorize just a page in order just to, to live off it. And I just think about myself when I meet these people and think, wow, I've, I've got how many Bibles have I got on my shelves at home? And how easy it is to, to be able to, for us to read it. And yet people are desperate to read it. And they'll do all they can and take the huge risks, even risk their life for it. And I, I look at the churches that we meet in. Look at your beautiful building. And aren't we privileged to be able to meet in the way that we do? I'm going to just have a look at a few passages of Scripture now. 2 Corinthians 4 uh, that we just had read to us. Um, I'm just going to read another, a short part of that again. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And as Paul, he, he, Paul you remember Paul, he, he used to be called Saul, Yeah. And he was a persecutor of Christians. He killed Christians until that dramatic encounter with God on the road to Damascus. And he turned around and he became a follower of Jesus himself who was persecuted himself. And, and he says these words and he uses t- t- um, two words, really small words, but, um, several times in this passage, four times in fact, where he says, then they're the words, but not, but not and they make a huge difference to this passage he said we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed you know i want to encourage you this morning i I don't don't think i know any of you at all and and, but i'm sure here today You've all got struggles and, and, and trials and things that you're going through in life. And I want to encourage you this morning that there is a but not for you. There is a but not for you. If Paul can say that in the middle of his troubles, of his trials, then so can we. In 2 Timothy 3.12 it says this, In fact, everyone. Now, I'm pretty sure that that word everyone includes you and I. Do you agree? So, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, how many of you love God's promises? <laughs> I'm sure, you know, if I'd read something like 
um, the passage that talks about God providing all of our needs according to his riches in glory. You know, whatever you ask according to his will, he'll give it to you. I mean, they're amazing promises that are true. But this is a promise too. This is a promise that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It, it, it comes with following Jesus. Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you also. And I, I remember leading a church in Birmingham for a, for a short while, and one young man coming to me one day, and he said, uh, this Christmas, as my work colleagues, they're all going to celebrate Christmas together by going to um, a lap dancing club in Birmingham. And he said, as a Christian, I don't know what to do. He said, what shall I do? And we prayed together. And he said, hey, I know what to do. And he went back and he spoke to his boss. And he said, look, he said, I love Christmas. He said, I'm a Christian and I celebrate Christmas because we remember Jesus coming to earth. And he said, uh, he said, I'd love to celebrate Christmas with my colleagues and uh, with my friends at work. He said, but I'm sorry, I, I, I just can't come to a lap dancing club as a Christian. He said, I'm sorry, I won't be able to join you for this one. And the following year, there were two opportunities for him to be promoted. And he he went for them both times. And he was overqualified for both of these jobs. And at the end, his boss said to him both times, he said, I'm sorry, but we're not going to give you this job. And he, he asked them why. And he said, it's because you didn't come to the Christmas celebration with us. Now, his life wasn't at risk, I know. He, he didn't have the risk of going into prison. But you know what? Following Jesus, we, we might lose a friend. We might upset someone. We might upset a family member. Maybe they don't want to talk to us anymore, I don't know. We may not get the promotion we're looking for. But you know, Jesus is still worth following. And our brothers and sisters around the world a testimony to that and I'll tell you a bit more about them in a moment I just want to look at one more passage of scripture Philippians again another letter from Paul to the church in Philippi saying this I want you to know brothers and sisters that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel now what has happened to Paul as a result it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Don't you think that's remarkable? I I read these passages like this and I just think, wow, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Paul has been in prison for his faith in Jesus Christ. And here we read that because of it, they've become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, let's just kind of put it in our context for a minute. Let's just imagine Mark or another one of your pastors here at Long Crendon Baptist Church was put in prison for their faith and for leading this church. And then the police were to come here and they were to stand here and say to you, you need to stop telling people about Jesus, otherwise we're going to put you in prison too. Now, would that make you more confident in sharing your faith or less confident? We read here, it made them more confident. Isn't that incredible? And do you know what? That when I've 
the countries I've travelled and, and our brothers and sisters who I've met who live in, in really tough situations where their lives are at risk for their faith. They're full of courage and full of faith and they're willing to give everything to follow Jesus. I want to just share a few stories. I'm going to share more tonight, but I'm going to just share a couple with you this morning. This is a church in Egypt. And in Egypt, if you remember a while ago, I'm just seen off the Arab Spring, there was the, um, uh, actually before the Arab Spring, sorry, the um, Muslim Brotherhood were in power. And, and during that short time of power, they went around burning down a lot of churches, and they still do now. But this is one of the churches they burnt down. And the reason they burnt this church down is because the cross on the top of that church was at the highest point of this village. And they celebrated after they burnt it down. Before I go on and say any more, I just want to say one thing about Muslims. And, and that is, I don't want any of these stories I share, because a lot of the persecution we see around the world is from people of other faiths and, and many in Muslim countries. But you know what? As Open Doors, we, we don't hate Muslims. In fact, Brother Andrew, who founded Open Doors, says, Islam stands for, I sincerely love all Muslims. And do you know what? The only way we're ever going to reach people of other faiths to Christ is by loving them, recognizing that they are people who have been created by God in his image. And so please don't let any of these stories fuel any hatred or any fear towards people of other faiths. Because the only way we're ever going to reach them is, is through love. So the Muslim Brotherhood burnt down this church. And uh, this is just some of the remains that were left. And uh, this uh, one of the the pastor of this church, I met him a couple of years ago. And he gave me a page of a Bible that looked a bit like that, that was kind of smoldered around the outside. And I've laminated it and put it up on my wall in my house just to remind me and my family to pray for our brothers and sisters um, in Egypt. This is the minister of the church walking around the ruins after the fire. And uh, he said he didn't know what to do, but he said he called the church together. And they came and they, they all stood in the, in the remains of his church. And he said they all gathered with heavy hearts. And as you could imagine... And he said, we didn't really know what to do, but the only thing we knew to do was to pray and to worship. And he said, as we worshiped, we sang together. And he said, it was like the heaviness left from us and a lightness came. So much so that they went out of the church and on a wall remaining uh, on their, in their church, they wrote the words on the outside of their church, they wrote the words, we forgive. We forgive. And, and do you know what? There's... There's people who you were part of the Muslim Brotherhood who were responsible for that, who are now following Jesus because of the forgiveness that they were willing to show them. This is a family um, from Iraq. They lived in Mosul. And you remember the story um, when ISIS was there and they took over Mosul in the summer of 2014. And this family were living um, not far from Mosul. And there... Uh, their neighbours were becoming more and more radicalised. You know, one thing I've learned spending time, particularly with Christians from Syria and Iraq, is that I have this picture of ISIS being kind of an army that comes in and invades them and takes over. But the more you sit down and talk to them, the more you realise actually it was their neighbours. It was their colleagues. It was their friends, people they knew. 
And they were saying their, their neighbors, um, one day his neighbor knocked on his door and spoke to the father and said to him, he said, he was becoming more and more radicalized. And he said, I'll give you six days, he said, seven days, he said, to leave, to pack your stuff and leave. He said, otherwise I'm going to kill you and your family. And he, he went back to his family and told them this. And uh, they decided they would pack up and leave. And so they packed. And on day six, he went to his neighbor. He knocked on the door. And his neighbor opened the door and saw him, was really angry. He said, I thought I told you to leave. He said, do you want me to come and kill you and your children now? And he said, no, no, no. He said, you said I have, we'd have seven days. He said, this is day six. He said, I, I've just, we've packed all our stuff and we're about to go. He said, I've just come. He said, I've been your neighbor for the last 13 years. And he said, I've just come to say goodbye. And with that, his, his neighbor broke down and cried and said, please don't go. Please don't go. Stay. I'll protect you and your family. Just that small act of, of love and forgiveness to his neighbor softened and broke the hardest of hearts. And this is a lesson to me and to us that we need to show love to our neighbours who probably aren't as bad as his neighbour was. Whatever you're going through, whatever trial you face, don't ever stop following Jesus. He's worth it. Should we pray together? we're in an attitude of prayer just want to leave give a moment of quiet just to allow God to do whatever he wants to in our hearts maybe you're here this morning and you've heard those stories and thought wow I wish I could follow Jesus like that Maybe you'd love a bit more faith, a bit more courage in your walk with him. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never even really fully surrendered your life to Jesus. And this morning, here's an opportunity for you to do that. You can just come to him and Tell him you're sorry for what you've done wrong and ask him to come into your life. I'm just going to give a moment of quiet for us just to respond to God however we want to in the quietness in our own hearts and allow him to minister to us for a moment. Father God, I want to thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you, you hear our cry. Jesus, I thank you that you're worth following. Thank you for the good news of the gospel that we have to share with the world. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here in Long Crendon Baptist Church. Pray your blessing on them. I pray your help them to be even more courageous, Lord in the way they live out their faith.
the way they follow you. That, Lord, many more will come to know you and decide to follow you, Jesus, because you're worth it. And we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world today who, who share our faith but not our freedom. And we pray you'll be with each of them today. We pray you'll strengthen them, give them courage. Pray for those in prison today for their faith. Pray that they will have strength to stand strong. Help them to know, Lord, that they're not alone. That you're with them. And that they have brothers and sisters around the world, like us here today, who are praying for them. Bless them, we pray, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.